0: I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight. My name is Jeff Stroman. I'm the director of HopeNet360, and I also took Taekwondo in summer school one time. So I want to open up the panel tonight to you, D.W. Where'd you take them to? Where did I take him to?
4: Yeah, taekwondo.
3: I just did it at the middle school.
4: Oh, that's not a guy?
3: No, it's not.
4: Oh. <laughs> what is taekwondo? Taekwondo I'm, is something. I'm defense. Swedish, you know. It's self-defense. Okay. I know.
3: It, it requires body movement.
4: Yeah. Well, it, you could have body odor and have self-defense, too. So I, I'm not yes. 100% sure what you're talking about.
3: Skunks do that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going with this, anyway? <laughs> uh, anyway? I never took taekwondo, and I never knew, but knew anyone that you know, knew anyone by that name. So, however, it is good to be with you today. <laughs> and I could defend myself without that stuff.
3: That's good. That's yeah. good. We also have Jason and Mike Ott back with us again in studio. Welcome, guys. Yeah.
4: You guys, do you guys ever take Taekwondo? No. Do you know how to spell it?
1: Uh, T-K-W-O-N-D-O. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to spell it, Jeff? Uh
3: T-A-E space K-W-O-N space D-O.
4: All right. I'm, I'm, on a, um, I'm on a mission to make sure people know how to spell things they talk about.
3: Yeah. Don't ask me to spell jujitsu.
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
4: <laughs> I won't. That's why I drive a Dodge. They're easy to spell. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. My name is uh, Jason, like he said. And uh, I, su- I suppose as you've picked up, if, you're, uh, if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, every now and then I throw out an Irish accent. Um, so I'm a closet leprechaun for those of you who... On it, no. Do you wear a kilt? Um Only when it's negative 15 billion degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So mm. we haven't quite reached that this year Yeah, yet. okay. Just um, wondered. But if we, if we reach minus 80, I'll put on a quilt. I'll have you put, ever worn a one? A quilt. Not a quilt. to kill. You're going to put on a quilt? <laughs> yeah, I'll put on a quilt for you. I'm going to put a quilt on. <laughs> so,
4: do you have one? I don't, but I'll find <clears> one. Did one. you ever wear one? I tried
1: one out on in Ireland.
4: Is there a picture? No. Oh, okay.
1: I, w- I wouldn't uh, blackmail myself.
4: <laughs> Just wondered.
1: So... But it was fun. It was drafty.
4: Nice. You know what? I was was at a place once where they had like a bunch of people in kilts. It was like a kilt convention or something. I'm not sure what they were doing. But I was wondering.
1: You sure it wasn't a family reunion? No,
4: no, no, no. It was big. It was out in Colorado. Oh, right. But I was wondering, all of the bathrooms had the international symbols on them. Yeah. What do you do? Because it's a dress kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you know which bathroom to go into if you're wearing a kilt? Hopefully. Yeah, okay. Just wondered. <laughs> I just wondered. I mean, it's one of those things where you look at a kilt, kilt sign. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Boy, do we talk about deep subjects here. <laughs> we <laughs> we <be>. do.
2: <laughs> Mike, you can go for it. Yeah, my name's Mike, and uh, I guess I could share a fact within the last week. We were talking uh, right before the show about the fact that you learn life lessons sometimes the hard way and one of the lessons I learned was do not put down avocado peels down the garbage disposal of your kitchen sink because that will back up the drain and if you do not want to pay for a plumber and do it yourself it is a two-day project at least when I did it Mm -hmm. Uh, so I learned how to clean traps out I learned how to snake the lines I got dirty I still smell I think and I have a new respect for plumbing. (laughs) There you go. So, and I do not want to be a plumber. Nice. Because I do have a respect for them now.
4: Yeah. How come you didn't know that you're not supposed to put avocado peels down there?
2: I've heard that you weren't supposed to put certain things down there, but I figured, hey, let's try it. And then when I did clean out the sink, I realized it wasn't just the avocado peels. There was a lot of buildup down there. So it might've been a a history of me putting stuff down there. Now, do
4: do you own your own home? No, I rent. Okay. Don't you think we should write a manual about things that we were never really told? Uh, like, you know what I thought when, when I first had a house and apartment, whatever, I did not know you're supposed to clean the dryer vent out. Mm. I did not know that. You know, my dad must have done it on the sly when I was growing up or something, but mm-hmm. I didn't know you're supposed to do that. And the dryer was taking like, you know, four days to dry clothes. Mm. And you're sitting there going, something's not right. We need a new dryer. Yeah. Some old guy said, have you cleaned the vent? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he laughed, like, what do you mean? <laughs> nah. and, and that thing was just jammed on lint. It was just hilarious. But, it, and I thought, I should write a book. Things that you didn't know you need to do. And it, they're not that hard, really, yeah. but...
2: Yeah, I think it's funny too, because a lot of people are like, "Well, you rent. Why don't you just call your landlord?" And I was like, "Well, this is a new experience. I figured <laughs> I'd learn something. So when I do own a home someday, there you go. I know what to do. So right. or what not to do.
4: And you don't want to be a landlord. You know, he posts those things as a joke. Yeah. You know, somewhere. Like I, once I was learning to fly fish, and I caught myself right in the back of the neck with the, the little Ooh. hook. And I'm telling you, it was right in the middle of my neck. And, and I went to everyone here at camp to ask them to pull it out, and nobody would. And I'm thinking, just yank it out. I don't care if I bleed to death i have Just yank the hook out, and nobody would. So I had to go all the way into the emergency room oh, to no. get this thing out. And and you walk in and they laugh at you. <laughs> they laugh at you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they take it out and they laugh while they're taking it out. And then they put it on a board with all the others that they've taken out. And it's like a trophy for them. <laughs> and, and, and so you walk out feeling about an inch tall because you'll, they laugh at you on the way in. They pull it out and they're laughing. They put it on their board and they say, well, that was a nice hook, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And then you leave and go, thank you very much. And then you send them like 300 bucks. Right. For taking a hook out of your neck. And I right. oh man. I tell you what, if you get a hook in your neck, you come up here, I'll do it for two hundred. <laughs> I'll take it out.
2: Do I get to keep my fishing lure?
4: Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll do it for hundred for you. Uh, no you problem. <laughs> just give me a pliers. I'll put my foot on your back, it's gone.
3: Well, we all are on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter or go to hopenet360.com dot com slash tweetback. You can be part of the conversation. And to share your thoughts with us on the show tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about work. Dave, I'm I'm kind of curious. I, we've done this show just over the last year and and some odd months now. And I've always kind of wondered, what do you want to be when you grow up?
4: You know what? I, I keep asking myself that question. Um, and one day I'm going to answer it. I don't think I've worked in the last 30 years, honestly. Really? No. But, but you know what? I start my day about 5 o'clock in the morning. I end it, you know, at 9, 10 at night. And uh, I love what I do. But I, but I think we have a misconception of work. I think, you know, a lot of guys my age have now been working at a job 30, 40 years, and, and they're talking about retirement. And, and they're talking about it, and that's not evil, that's great, but, but they're talking about it in terms of I can't wait to get out of what I do. I can't wait to get to work every day still. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure about this retirement thing, what that is. Mm. And And I think there's a difference out there, maybe we can talk about that difference uh, throughout the program today. What is the difference between I mean some people just love what they do and and can never imagine not doing it and Others today got out of bed and they dragged their carcasses to work, you know and they're they're thinking, "Oh brother, it's a Monday or whatever day it is you know tomorrow they 'll do that and it's they hate work it's like it 's a prison for them, and they have to do it and and I have friends who actually count the days until they retire. And I'm thinking, so the days that you're working, are you enjoying those at all? Mm. Is, that, is that a part of, or, or is this like this, the, well, you know, it's the curse. I understand the curse, man. I own a house.
3: Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I mean,
4: there's always something to do on the stupid house. There's always something falling apart. There's always, I understand that curse thing. Yeah. But, but honestly, I don't think that work was meant to be burdensome. And that may sound weird to people, but I don't think it was meant to be burdensome. I think that God made us to work, and therefore, when we do it right, we actually enjoy it. It's it's something that we look forward to every day, and instead of dread, it, it doesn't mean that certain days you're not really thrilled they're over. I mean, yeah. it, that's human part. But but I think in general, you look at it and work becomes something that intrigues you, that you love, that you get excited about, that you get an adrenaline rush for. And I think that we'd love to uh, maybe talk today in our program about how can we we readjust what we're thinking about work?
3: Well, yeah, and when you open up a conversation, when you first meet usually guys, when guys first meet each other, what's the first thing you figure out? Their name and what they do. I mean, that's typically how how conversations start. And so we're going to talk more about this work thing and kind of put it in the context of how we live and how we work because I think it's an important thing to talk about. How we see work is a big part of our life as human beings. I mean, we all... Most of us will wake up and you know tomorrow morning and we're going to go to work and, and maybe we go to a job that we love and maybe we go to a job that we just tolerate. Or maybe we go to a job that we don't like and we're trying to find a change. Wherever you're at in life, this show is going to be for you. We want to give you some kind of context to, to work from, if you will. So join us on the Tweetback right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Join the conversations. Leave us some questions you'd like to hear us answer on this show tonight. Go to Hopenet360.com slash Tweetback. We'll be back here on Hopenet Radio.
0: Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to
3: the show. Glad that you've joined us tonight. Join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, go to Hopenet360.com sometime tonight or during the week, and you can find the show notes for tonight's show. So we have other links, other resources that you can go and, and check out. Last week on the show, we talked a bit about human trafficking and some of those realities that are happening around our communities. And tonight, we're kind of talking about work because it kind of fits in that. You know, we're all geared to work. If there's something in us, a natural inclination to work. I mean it's it's interesting. Me and I know some of you guys have kids. I know Jason, you've got a young one, and, mm-hmm. and Dave, you've raised your kids and and we have this natural inclination as young men. I watched it in my own son who has an inclination to work, to do things that are meaningful. I'm wondering, in this conversation, I think in America, we do have a good work ethic. I mean, overall, when you look at other developed countries in the world, I think work ethic stands out from other developed nations. And so work, what we do with ourselves, with our time, and what we put our hands to, is important. I mean, it says something about our culture. It says something about who we are. But even today, we're seeing young people who struggle to find you know, work maybe that they enjoy doing or work that's meaningful to them or even work that pays, right? I mean, there's this conversation of what do you do when you grow up? What do you do? Do you go to college? Do you, you know, go out and and maybe get an associate's kind of a degree? Do you go out and just get a job right away? I mean, there's this pressure all of a sudden when you graduate high school to, to become something or to get a career in something. Do you guys think that we have maybe this idea of
1: work messed up a little bit? You know, I think we do, you know, especially here in America. We get so focused on the act of working and what we can accomplish and what we can earn and make and do. And, you know, that way we don't have to do anything at some point. You know, it seems like the goal of our work here in America is to make so much money so that one day we could just stop working and just do nothing. And I think, I think we're missing the point. You know, I don't think that's the intent of what work is supposed to be. What do you mean? Um, like, like even if you go back to Genesis, you know, before, you know, sin, before any, you know, everything, you know, God created and it was perfect. You know, and there in Genesis 2, you know, God took Adam, put him in the garden and says, you know what, here, work it and keep it. You know, this is part of your responsibility just being here, you know. And it, it's not like it was that hard. I mean, it's like simple gardening, I would, I would presume, you know, just to take care of it, to prune things, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but it was just part of, part of his responsibility, you know. And I think that um, we need to kind of almost go back to the core of why we have work, you know, especially from a, from a Christian perspective. Why do we work? Is it to, yeah. is it to make lots of money? you know, is it to pay the bills? I mean, obviously there's a balance, but I think there's more behind it. And hopefully we can get to that as as the show goes on. But even, you know, you're talking about how, you know, we we have kids and stuff, like even in my son, he's 16 months old and there's this natural tendency in him for him to want to help out. Um, my wife's unloading the dishwasher and he goes and starts grabbing glasses and stuff. And, you know, he doesn't know what to do with it, but he wants to help. Uh, and And I think oftentimes, Especially in, in young people, we we try to suppress that because either they're getting in the way, they make things more difficult for us. And we say, "Oh, go play," you know. Not that <laughs> you know. It's just a tendency, and, and so we don't take advantage of those opportunities to teach them. Yeah, help out. You know, learn this responsibility. You're part of the family. You can do this sort yeah. of thing.
4: You know, I think I think philosophically it's very interesting because we, we we begin to train people at a young age that what they do is about them, and and so work we we tell them is something that is not about you so it's not good for example i do i eat something at my house in the process i messed up the dishes i messed up who's supposed to clean that up hmm. me but but why don't i have somebody taking care of me yeah that's a problem like, everything that we do it causes work um, I've heated my house for 30 years with wood. I don't know how many young people said, why don't you just turn the dial and forget that? Yeah, <laughs> It's a lot of work, isn't it? Right. It is a lot of work. But you know what? I have cars paid for all kinds of stuff. Why? Because what happens is I save all the money on heating every year in northern Wisconsin by doing it with wood. And I get the wood for 20 bucks because it's a National Forest permit and I, I have all that I need. And And it's very cool to be able to do that. And yeah, but it takes all this time. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Buy expensive clothes and go out and run to get exercise? <laughs> Either way, your body's meant to work. So, so you can go join a club. You can do that. I'm not against that. But, but basically, you're going to learn that you need to work. Your, your body needs to work. You need to work out to stay healthy. You need to work and you need to understand that that's the way you were made. So if you're trying to avoid work in life, you're going to be unhealthy. That's all there is to it because you're not made to do that. Does work need to be rewarding? Let me throw something back at you. What makes work rewarding? I don't know. All right, let me ask you this. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, that's a good answer, though. I mean, how many people have thought about what makes work rewarding? Some people would say, well, when it's about me. Really? I don't think we're wired that way. When when Jesus said what's important, he said, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and love each other. So I can remember when my daughters woke up in the middle of the night and I had to change a diaper. I did not enjoy that process. Yeah but I sure loved them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, the work was very well worth it because of my love for them. Mm -hmm. When I get up in the morning at our house and I, and I'm anxious to get studying and get going. And I see that we did the dishes in the dishwasher before the night before I have two choices. Unload the dishwasher or say the servant, my dear wife will do it. You know, I unload the dishwasher. Why? I know that doesn't sound like work, but but in essence, the reason I do it is because my wife's going to get up behind me mm-hmm. and I respect her and I love her. So I do it for that reason. If you work for yourself, you're going to be miserable. In, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus told a parable about a rich man. I don't know if you remember that parable, but yeah. it, the rich man, he says, he produced plenty, thought to himself, what shall I do? I have nowhere for my crops. And he said, I will do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store my grain. Then I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, marry. The American dream. I, I made more than I need. I have put it away. I need to store it so I can just sit here and use it the rest of my life and not have any work to do. And God's response to him is, fool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's his response to him. And it's like, wait a minute, man, what happened there? This guy was responsible. He put stuff away. No, no, that wasn't the issue. The issue was really that I think he was working for himself. Hmm. And when you work for yourself, I think you're out of whack. I do not think that God made you so that you work so that you're all about you. I think you work for others. So if I work for Silver Birch Ranch, it's really about honoring God. It's really about... My wanting camp to be successful, wanting the people up here successful, wanting the staff successful. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, if I fill my day that way, and I do, I go home and I go, what a great day. And I work very hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, you know, I get paid something for that too. But I don't even know how much actually, exactly. But it wouldn't matter because I... The issue is that I was born to do something with my life and I get to do it. But it wasn't that I was born to be self-indulgent. It wasn't that I was born to have slaves or servants. It wasn't that that's not what I was made to do. I was made to actually work and to love God, obey him, and to love others. And in loving others, I actually work and give and help and build. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yeah,
3: you know, one of the questions that comes up, you know, from some of my friends is I, people that I've talked to that are not "Quote unquote" in ministry because I think there are some that would look at you and say, "Well, it's got to be easy for you because you're in ministry. You're surrounded by Christians all the time. Nobody ever gets mad at each other. Nobody yeah. ever. Yeah. There's yeah, never. never. There's never any problems, right? I mean, you're yeah. working in ministry. It's perfect. Yeah, and and some people. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we'll talk on that. But some would say it's it's easy for you because you're surrounded with Christians. You're in a Christian workplace and. But what about those who work maybe you know like we're talking about plumbing or some other profession where that's not their their culture their their thing i mean there seems to be this separation between maybe the sacred and the secular
4: yeah we're going to have to talk about that because they, they they really shouldn't be and we need to address that
3: As we continue to talk in our conversation, we would love for you to to join the conversation with us. Jump on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this is one of those conversations, you know, we're all wired to work. We're all built to work. Whether you're a guy and and even young women, young women work in their workplace. And we're going to talk more about this American culture and how we should see our work and what we do in light of who God is when we come back here on the show here on HopeNet Radio.
4: Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word, HopeNet360.com slash end
0: slavery. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Remember you can chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason, Mike, your host tonight on the show. We're talking about work. I know it sounds like a boring topic, but when you think about it, we're wired to work. It's like there's something within us, especially us guys, that, you know, when you first meet a new guy, you know, a guy that you just come across. It's the first thing you find out, you learn their name, you learn what they do. That's typically how we start a conversation. So you can be a part of this conversation. Chat with us right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Leave us some questions. What do you want to hear us talk about when it comes to work? What questions do you have? In talking with some of my friends, I know one of the things that comes up over and over is, well, you know, I, I graduated from high school. I went and I got my four-year degree or whatever. And, and sometimes if you're fortunate enough, you find a job in your field. Other times you just end up taking a job because you can't find something in your, your line of work, what you studied for in, in college. And and there's a a fairly good rate of young people who don't go into their field, even though they get a four-year degree and and get that. So work, what we do with our lives, we talk about – even the, the realities today where a lot of young people, many people who go into the workforce will not retire in that same field. So even retirement yeah. in America is changing. What we do with our time, how long we work at a job or at a, a different workplace changes now. So these are some really interesting times that we're living in. I know uh, for me, I'm like you Dave, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I find
4: So we're joy. doing radio in between. So yeah. yeah, just kind of fun. So
3: in the meantime we're <laughs> we're jocks, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're
4: yeah so we're asking podcast. you to listen to two guys that Still don't know what they're doing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I mean, look at it this way, too. I mean, we, so many of us grow up believing that you go to high school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get your degree, and then you'll be set. Then you get in your workplace. And so you fill all these prerequisites in. And Dave you and I were kind of talking about this before the show how we there seems to be this line drawn between work that's sacred you know like ministry if you will and then work that's secular that yeah. maybe I'm a plumber or you know I I'm a beautician or something I mean some of these other professions that are not maybe a Christian profession and yet I think there's kind of a weird I don't know. I think it's yeah. kind of weird to look at it that way, and, and you have, I know you have some
4: thoughts. You know that. what? I, I think people need to start thinking about, okay, I, I am somebody that needs to work because God wired me to work, and then they think about the money aspect, or they think about what's available. That's fine, but, but that's not how we should think. If, if you were coming and talking to me and asking me, what should I do for work day, for living, what should I do? I would ask you this question. What would you do for nothing? And I'm not talking about if you said, well, for nothing, if, if all my bills are paid and everything, I'd sit on a beach in Tahiti, man. It's like, well, then you're a sick person because that's not what you're going to be okay doing. I mean, that's going to get old real quickly. I'm saying, what, what really excites you? Do you know that every time I talk to a young person, if they get over the barrier of I just want to sit and go downhill skiing in Colorado every day the rest of my life, you know, that kind of thing. If they get over that little image and they start talking, their eyes light up and they say, I would love to be, and they fill in the blank. You know, I would love to learn how to weld, but well, great. Go learn how to weld, be a welder. Mm-hmm. And, and here's what I think as you think about how God made each of us. He wired us differently and, and he didn't wire us. If you look through the Bible, he did not wire us to trust in ourselves. He didn't wire us to trust in money. He, what did he wire us for? He wired us to love him and to love other people and to work. And then he gave us each different personalities I've told the young people here at Nicolay Bible Institute, I don't think I've gone to work the last 30 years because I love what I do. I get up in the morning and I think, wow, today, like today I got up and, and I couldn't wait to get over here. We're doing radio today. We're doing this. And, and then I get, you know, normally on a, on a day we do radio in the afternoons, I get to teach classes and I get, wow, you know, I am i can't wait. And then I get to mentor a couple of guys today, later today. And I'm looking forward to each of those things. And some might say, well, that's your job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? it's too bad I look forward to it then, huh? Yeah. Because I, I love those things, and I can't imagine retiring. So I think one of the basic questions we have to ask is, God, why did you put me on this planet? How did you wire me? And in order to figure that out, maybe you guys can pipe in on this one because I'm I'm, I'm trying to think, in order to figure it out, how does a young person begin to figure out what they're really wired for? Because if you're just sitting around a lot mm-hmm. watching television and being entertained and being served... How do you even know what you're wired for? I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, because you're not really trying things. There's nothing exciting you. There's And, and when I talk to a young person, I go, oh, nothing really excites me. I go, no mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah, I immediately think we got to get you out more. I mean, we have, to, we have to start doing some things and get you excited about something because I want you to find that sweet spot mm-hmm. that God made for you. And I believe it's out there and and you will get paid something for it. Maybe way too much. Be generous. Maybe way too little. Don't complain, but mm-hmm. whatever. What do we need to do? When some young person comes to you and says, "I I don't know, I don't have any thrills in life, and I don't have any," one, uh, I've heard it twice now in this this
2: episode. Was the concept that we've been pretty much trained to listen to is you do good at your grades in school, in high school, you graduate, go to college, get a four year degree so you can get a job, so pay the bills. They don't keep telling you it, so you can get married and you can get, you know, your house and all that kind of stuff. They tell you that. But then two and a half kids. Yeah, two and a half kids, a white picket fence, a dog, whatever it might be. But they don't tell you the last part. You you basically die. Right. Uh, what happens in between, you know, high school and you dying doesn't sound very exciting to me. Right. Uh, you know, work your life away till you die. But it's all a matter of thinking. Like, I've gone into some new job positions And I went in there excited because I was going to learn something new. And then I get in there and I start talking with the people that have been doing it for a while and they have a negative approach. And all of a sudden I start finding myself negative and being like, man, I hate my job right now. And I've only been a few weeks into it. And so I've always had to watch myself when I'm in those positions to be very careful. And so I've always encouraged young people that, you know, a lot of those first jobs that you get in high school, you know, whether it's flipping burgers at McDonald's or working in a grocery store, uh, learn to build relationships with the people you work around, invest in people, uh, find ways to uh, do things. I I don't even remember this off the top of my head, but I remember one guy who worked at McDonald's and he had to clean the grease off the floor. It was a new guy's job. And he decided he'd do it with all his heart. And, in fact, when it came time for a new person to walk in, he was tra- he was told to train the person to do it. Well, he didn't just train the person to do it. He got down and did it with them and showed the person to be a hard worker and to just clean up the grease off the floor. And he continued to do that. Mm-hmm. His boss pulled him off the side. And he's like, dude, we gave that to the new job. Why do you continue to do it? Because he saw the importance of hard work and teaching other people. And he was just a young guy doing it. And so, for the teenager, where you're working at is so important. I love my first jobs. Working in the grocery store is some of the best things um, that I've done. Have I used much of that experience? Uh, sometimes when I go into Walmart, use a self checkout. I know the code for bananas, so I just punch it in. There you I go. Know it. So I can get through to the grocery line a little faster than most people. What,
3: but What is the code for bananas?
2: It's four o one one, and that's across the country anywhere you go. Forty eleven is bananas, for bananas. I got it, man. Wow. There you go.
4: Hey, do you think that God would use a job to train you to be a better person? Yeah,
2: absolutely.
4: So, so a job isn't always about the money. No,
2: it's about relationships and about investing in other people. See, that's a different
4: you. mind frame, don't you think? I mean, because a lot of kids think I got to get a job. What if you thought I'm going to go get a job and God used this job to train me for what's next? Are, are you all in the same fields you got trained in? I mean, like I, I got my degrees and my my masters in education, and I left teaching. And I went into this, uh, camping, and, and, and now teaching Bible, that kind of thing. But I left the, the, the formal teaching. I'm not doing that. I'm doing something else. However, that was all so good for me mm-hmm. you know, to go through. Are you in different fields than what you got educated in? For the most part, I'm in the field that I got educated in. Slightly different, but pretty yeah.
1: much the same. Okay.
4: Well, you weren't educated in camping.
1: No, I wasn't educated in camping. But, I mean, but that's just, where you're at. Yeah, that's right. So,
4: i So you're in a different field. Uh, but it's just interesting. As I talk to young people, the, the young men that I'm mentoring, it's so important for them to grasp the idea that God made you to work. And if you're not working, that's not right. Don't eat. You, you need to work. But but it could be that at a phase in your life, whatever it is, whatever phase you're in, that God's using that work to develop networks, etc. I know a young lady who just was just normal, excellent what she did, came up here and volunteered a lot and that kind of thing, uh, works down in Milwaukee, ended up having all these places chase her to work. Why? Because she was so personable and did her job well and knew what she was doing that they kept recruiting her, trying to steal her from other companies because, because of the fact that she just was living the way. And, and it took about five, six, seven different jobs, little jobs that, mm-hmm. that, that were minimum wage jobs to get her to the point where she got a career job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and each one was done well and each one was done with ministry mind. I, I love the people. And eventually she landed this career job. And, and now she loves what she does.
3: In the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to talk more about how we view work through the lens of God, how God wired us and how he created us to do work and to do good work, and it not being a divided thing, but instead to show us more of who he is. So check out HopeNet360.com. Chat with the live coach if we need to tonight. You can also join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV if you're on Twitter, and we'll catch you on the second half of HopeNet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's Hopenet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hopenet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey,
3: welcome to the second half of Hopenet Radio. Jeff DW, your host tonight. We have Mike Ott and the one and only Jason here on the show. Yo, yo. Glad that you guys have joined us here. If you missed the first half, go to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. You can subscribe to either one of those or go to Hopenet360.com/slash radio. Every single one of our shows are podcasted and you can go back, listen to them over again, share them with your friends, share them with your mom or your grandma. I mean, this is a family-friendly show and we want everybody to listen to it. Of course, tonight our conversation is around work and we were just kind of chatting a little bit about in the break about how sometimes we get focused so much on what we're doing. And the job that we do, and and we talked about it earlier, where young people graduate high school, and our the pressure is to go to college. The pressure is yeah. to find you know the program that you're supposed to be in, you know, figure out what you're supposed to do with your life, and do that in a matter of six months or so before you get to the university, and and then go through all the classes, maybe fail one in the process, and have to take a summer class or something. I mean, there's the thing that is so sometimes frustrating for us who, when we graduate high school and get into college, is it's not as cookie cutters we thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, you get into a program, you get into some classes, and you realize, I don't like this as much as I thought. And uh, you guys had kind of asked during the break, you know, what I was doing in my college years. I'm not in the same field as when I started. I went went for pharmacy. Life isn't cookie cutter. And even today in our workforce today, we're seeing young people who, after five years, if, if that changing their field or changing their job or their workplace or whatever. So even, you know, people that start out in a certain field, they may not retire in that same field today. And just the way that we view work in America is it's not only changing, but I think it has to change. But what should it change to? How should we view work? That's kind of our our conversation tonight as we're talking tonight on the show.
1: You know, and I think it really comes down to looking at work as an opportunity, you know, we talk time and time again about our, our purpose, you know, and what it is to to live life as a Jesus follower, you know, and first and foremost, it's to love God, um, just to get our, our mind and our heart behind who he is. And then the second then is to share that with others, you know, to put others first and, and, and that sort of thing. And so when we look at work, we have to take that mindset and apply it to our work. And and so it doesn't matter whether or not we're in ministry or if we have a secular job, we should look at it as an opportunity to share Jesus with people that may never see Jesus.
3: Now, that's interesting you say that because there's another guy named Vadi Bakum who talks about, uh, we talked about it a few shows ago with the, yeah. the mediocrity of men in America yeah. and how we view work um, differently than what we view, you know, our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, in, in Christianity, he goes on in this video to talk about how in America, Christianity is one of those fields where... You could be a Christian for 30 years, but don't ask that person to be a mentor because they probably don't know it. Yeah. But yet when you go into a workforce, if you're working in the same field for 30 years, you'd probably be somebody that they would go to and, and say, you should know this stuff. And, and most people would say, well, yeah, we'll just pair you with the guy that's been doing it forever. Yeah. Talking about faith, people yeah. that are – maybe you went
1: to school to be a mechanic. Should you also be skilled in knowing the Bible? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, and, and even in that same video that, that we we're talking about with Vadi Bachman, one of the points that he makes is, you know, oftentimes in our culture, if somebody loves God so much and, and starts learning and growing and, and just gets passionate, you know, the default is, oh, man, you should go into ministry. You know, you should go become a pastor. Or you should go, you know, become, you know, work with, with women's ministry or, or that sort of stuff. Um, and and that's not necessarily true. You know, we need just as much people who love God and know the Bible in the workplace, Because it's a great opportunity to show people who Jesus is. Um, And I'm not saying that, you know, if you work at Walmart and McDonald's, you got to be preaching all the time. I'm just saying that by your lifestyle and the way that you love God, you can have an impact on people. And the conversations that you have then will be different. And that then is ministry. And it becomes more fulfilling than just going and flipping burgers or going and restocking shelves. Because now it's, you know, it's more of a means to an end of showing God and, and glorifying God to people. Um, and, and that's the cool thing.
4: Yeah, you know, I, and I might even add that if you if you are somebody who understands that you work, no matter where you work, you're working so that, that you can show the world who God is. That's how you're made. And it, it, it doesn't mean that you use the time on the job to start telling people about your theological beliefs. Um, I remember I hired a guy once, and, and I'm a Christian guy, and he was a, a guy from a, like a different denomination. And he kept wanting to, to talk to me about this. And I'm hired him by the hour. And I kept saying, You know, swing the hammer while you're talking to me. (laughs) Why? Because I hired you by the hour and your theological discussion is bothering me because I'm paying for it. You know, I, I don't want to pay for your theological discussion. I want to pay for your knowledge and put my garage up, you know, and so let's get it going. Yep. And, and I think it's important that we respect that. Yep. The, the idea is to be able to work in a way and to live in a way and to and to say things in a way that is holy or unique or different because we love God. And then to look for those relationships and build them outside of that community of work itself. Uh, For example, when I taught school, I went out of my way to be on the teacher's bowling team. Now, I'm no bowler, believe me. I didn't, I went and bought a bowling ball, and it was on sale because somebody mis- drilled it wrong, and it was like six pounds. And so I had a six-pound, me, a six-pound bowling ball. I could throw this thing on the fly and hit the front pin. You know, it was hilarious. And, and so, you know, and I, and I bought these on-sale uh, bowling shoes. They, they, they were like bozo shoes to me. I mean, they were unbelievable. So here I show up, you know, with this bowling ball and shoes. and I, I don't know anything about bowling, but, but see, during the school day, I had so many opportunities to, to talk about my faith and to, to live in a way that showed them faith. That During the bowling time, I could tell them why. And, yeah. and, and I spent time developing relationships with them that nobody else could. I mean, no one from the outside could say, I want to be on your teacher's bowling team. That was my uh, uh, position to be able to do that. And, and likewise, I'll never be able to get into the like Green Bay Packer locker room to, to share Christ. But I hope there's a guy in the Green Bay Packer locker room that loves Jesus, that's cleaning up or, or one of the football players or something else, because they need Jesus and they need to hear about it and, and they need Christian workers in there. So, you know, it's just not me that's going to do that. And we need to get rid of the idea that if you are uh, working in food service or if you're a plumber or you work uh, in Lambeau Field for the Packers or you're a teacher, that this isn't a calling from God to show people who you are. It's very important that we begin to understand that work is not about the money. Mm-hmm. It is really about how God wired us to show the world who he is, and we'll all be in different positions. And I might encourage you, some of you in whatever you do are going to get paid way too much. You are. Mm-hmm. Please be generous with those who don't get paid much. Yeah. And, and, and some of you are going to get paid way too little. Please don't complain. Realize that it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's really about serving our King and and going where He wants us to. If you really do that, you're all of a sudden you're willing to go anywhere. It, it, you could go to another country. You could go work in a in a mission here at home. You could also go work for free and help some retired lady with her plumbing. If you're a plumber, you don't even need to charge her. I mean, those kinds of opportunities will come up, mm-hmm. and and you need to understand it's just not about money. It's really about living life. We don't work. I, I think you said that, Jason. I, I mean, we we don't work in order to have stuff, but we work in order to have life.
1: Yeah. I think sometimes people work to live, yeah. which is good, you know, because then work is just a means to the end. Right. But then here in America, I think oftentimes we live to work. Right. And it becomes all about working and we can become obsessed with being busy. And, and I mean, that's apparent in American culture. I mean, you have yeah. people working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and they're missing the point. All
4: right. Let's, with men, a lot of time I'll ask them, why do you go to work? And what do you think they answer? To get paid. Yeah. To get paid. Yeah, and I said, yeah. well, why, why do you want money? What do they say? You think to do stuff, yeah. To do stuff or to have stuff, provide for my family, Yeah. provide for my Okay. So why do you want to provide for them? You know, well, because otherwise they don't have things. And, and I said, so how long are you going to do this? As long as they need things. <laughs> so, so you work in order to provide order, right. And then one day you work so that one day you have everything you need and then you die. Right. Right. And, and, and so what is your goal in life? Is it really to go out there and and say, you know, one day I'm going to work and and provide and and there's going to be food, there's going to be shelter, and then I die. That's the goal. Mm. Well, you're going to reach that goal. I I promise. It's a matter of along the way in the journey. Is it really about just having stuff? I'm afraid that we use people and jobs and love stuff. Mm. And God made us the opposite. He made us to love people Mm. and use stuff. Yeah. And I think we've reversed it, so we're in trouble. So I want to encourage our listening audience, you know, if you're working, don't work because you love stuff. Reverse that. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to use people. You're going to use them at work mm-hmm. for yourself. You're going to use, don't use people. Love people mm-hmm. and then use the stuff to help you love the people. Yeah. Does that make sense?
3: Yep. And it's also important, too, if you're if you're not working, if you're looking for a job, you're struggling to find work, not to give up not to give up that search and to just look around you and for opportunities that are around you. Because I think sometimes the greatest jobs, the things that we can do just are right outside our front door. You know, another word for work is vocation. And in the Latin, voca means to call. This kind of shows that whether you're a minister or a mechanic, that at some point people thought of this word, this idea of vocation to be as a calling. So you could be called to be a mechanic or a plumber, or whatever. So interesting words there. We're going to talk more about this when we come back here on the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. Also, go ahead and grab the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Later on tonight, we're on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher app. We'll continue this conversation when we come back on Hopenet Radio.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Mike, your hosts tonight. We're talking about work. Check out the tweet back right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Join the conversation. Leave us some questions. We've been having a lot of fun interacting with you guys tonight here on the show. Uh, Guys, I'm I'm kind of wondering as we're, we're chatting about work and we're talking about these things. And I guess for people like me who are perceived as millennials, people who are born between 85 and 2000s, roughly, is this generation they like to call the millennials. And it's also become a generation that's to some people, to the older generation, has become people who don't like to work or don't want to do hard work. And whether or not that's totally true, I think that's kind of a broad generality. I've met a lot of young people that do have a great work ethic. But there is a perception of these millennials that they just won't do certain jobs. They won't, you know, they they want to do some sort of work, but they don't want to do exactly what their parents did or something because it, they don't see that as being important or fulfilling or you know maybe even making the money that you want to make in life. And, and I'm kind of wondering, do we have this
1: mindset that we won't take certain jobs or we won't do certain things? I think we, I think we do, you know, whether we realize it or not. I went to college and, and finished up and. And there's that, that point after you finish up, it's like, all right, now I want to do something within the stuff that I just studied. And when those opportunities don't arise, it's almost like we're not willing to admit defeat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we look at it that way. Like it's defeat if we have to take a different job than, than what we studied for invested into and that sort of thing. And, and I think we're missing the bigger picture there, you know, is that a job at the end of the day is a job, you know, and whether you're there for, you know, a year or a few months, like it could be a, a short stint. But a job is an opportunity to share Christ. But also, and, and we were talking about this at one point, Dave, whether I think it was in between the show, where, you know, a job also can be used by God to train you more. Oh, yeah. You know, and to learn lessons. And I think we forget that, too. You know, like whether it's working at a grocery store or working at a coffee shop. Like,
4: 4011.
1: You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, bring, bring up those bananas, yeah. you know, but you can learn so much in those different situations that... That God may use, you know, three, four years down the road when you may be at a different job that, that lines more up with, with your passions and your desires. You know, we're not, you know, I, I think the misconception is that once we finish our schooling, we're going to jump right into the dream job. Yeah. You know, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, God may have different plans for us. And so we just need to take it one step at a time and say, all right, in this situation, in this job, all right, God, you're providing for me. What are ways that I can show people Jesus, and what are the things that you want to teach me through this? What would you guys say to someone who comes to you and says, man, the job I'm working at, I'm just, I'm miserable.
3: Like, I don't, I don't like waking up. I don't like going to work. I mean, I think there are people that really do love what they do, but there's also another part, there's a chunk of people that they wake up and they're like, I don't want to go to another day at work. I'm miserable. How do you know when the time is to leave a
4: job? I would first question them on why they work. I mean, Honestly. If it's really just about money, I promise you, you'll be miserable down the road because that's not how you were wired. It's not that you shouldn't get paid or whatever else. It's just, if it's just about money, you'll be miserable. There'll be days you just try and do as little as possible. So first is, I think is adjusting the attitude of why we're here and we're really here to glorify God and not make money Mm -hmm. and then allowing God to put us in different places. So I think that would be the first thing. The frustration level, certainly God, the spirit can work in your heart and kind of nudge you that you're, you know you're done in the, in a certain area. When I taught school, I mean, I, I went to, to years of training for being a school teacher. I taught school. I loved teaching, but there was something missing. And and I knew that there was there, you know, the spirit was working on my heart to leave and come up here and just start a new work up here, I believe. And, and, and I think there was a, there were times where I, I had to evaluate because I loved teaching. I love the kids. I loved the environment. I was getting paid. Well, why would I leave and go to something that pays very poorly and, and, and all that kind of stuff? Well, there was this thing in my heart that wasn't, uh, really being fulfilled anymore there. And I it, and it went through the checks. It wasn't because I'm working for money. I, I really wasn't. I, it seemed like, okay, you've learned what you need to here. And I am so thankful I went through those years. They, have, they prepared me for where I am today. And, you know, and I don't know if you guys have ever had that, where stuff has prepared you for the future like that. We need to be able, to, as older guys, be able to tell the younger generation, look, you might be doing something right now that, that you don't think is a career job. That's fine. Change your attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Look towards why you're doing it, not what you're doing. Yeah. And and that's a big difference.
2: My second job, when I was seventeen, I started working in a sheet metal factory. And uh, it was interesting because you'd come home, you'd be so dirty. You'd smell like metal. In fact, there for a while, even after I left the place, a year or two years later, I still smelled like metal from time <laughs> to time when I sweated. Uh, it was hard work. I learned how to be a hard worker. I learned a lot of stuff that I'm very happy that I learned at a young age. At 17, I learned how to be a hard worker. I also learned the importance of not relying on my pastor or my Sunday school teacher to be the one to share my faith. Uh, I did it in... As a 17 year old in the workplace, now I continued to work, but I looked for opportunities during break times to talk with somebody. In fact, there was one individual; he was a, a Jehovah's Witness who continued to argue with Christians that worked at the uh, the plant. And a lot of them got discouraged and gave up, or they're like, "Go talk to a pastor or something like that." But I refused. And when he came up with a clever question that I didn't have the answer, I went back to my Sunday school teachers who were put in that responsibility to help people like me figure out answers, right. and I'd ask them. And then I'd go back, and he'd be like, oh, that's a great question or answer. I'm not sure how to respond to that. Let me go back to my people and ask <laughs> yeah. the question. So that happened over quite a bit of time. And I actually built a relationship. And one thing that stuck out to me, and there's very few liners that people have told me over the years that have stuck out as much as this one has, that you're like one of the only Christians that ever um, continue to have a conversation without getting mad and walking off. Yeah, That was huge for me as a teenager because, one, I was sharing my faith at a young age. Two, he lifted me up in his words. And so I believe 100% that even with me being a pastor now, I think it's a miscommunication. When we think that as church members, it's the pastor's job to witness to people. And I think it's a big misconception, youth pastors or pastors to believe that the church members, it's expected out of them and they are supposed to go do it. I think the communication needs to be that we're all missionaries. We are. No matter where we're placed. And it's funny because you might be working at a grocery store or something. Well, your senior pastor is not going to follow around the employees you work with. God's put you there for a purpose to minister to those people. And even if they gave their Life to Christ because you invited, to, invited them to church on a Sunday morning, you're the best person to sit there and disciple, yep. disciple them, hold them accountable. God's placed you in the place where you're at. And so not only is it to pay the bills, uh, maybe to provide for your family, it's also an opportunity if you're a believer in Jesus to share your faith, to invest in people that might never
4: walk yeah. in the doors of a church. You know, I, I have a similar story. I was, I was working and I was in the break room and I, and I used to get to my job early in the morning, and, and I would I would study the Bible there because I just—I beat traffic with Chicago, and I just wanted to get there early. Everyone I worked with knew that I loved God, loved, you know. But during work day I, I did my job, and we were in break room once, and it was a very highly Jewish area. And, and a couple of the Jewish people that were in there, all of a sudden, I was just having a cup of coffee the other side of the room. And they shouted across, hey, Wager, what do we believe about hell, us Jews? <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I, and I said, well, here's what you believe. And I told him and, and, and a minute later, what do we believe about this? And, and before you know it, we're having this dialogue about what the Bible says. It, see, I never really pushed him out of my life. In fact, I said I very much respect the Jewish traditions and whatever else because my, my Jesus was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And what was very interesting is is down the road, three years later i was given many opportunities to speak to them about their lives now no pastor could have done that because they weren't in that break room that nobody could have done what i was doing there mm-hmm. but god decided to use me there and and so in my workplace i would get there early respect things but i would have my bible i would be you know i would live differently i would talk differently and eventually it gave me an opportunity to be able to speak to people and and there is no difference For anybody, if you're working today and you love Jesus, you represent him. That's why you're there. And you need to work in a way that represents him. You need to do all that you do with all your might. I mean, you need to do that and look for those opportunities to share when you get an opportunity to open your mouth. And it's not stealing from employment time. You need to open your mouth and and realize there's no full-time, quote, Christian pastor that can do what you're doing right there. You're called to do that. And it's important that you see that.
3: Yeah, we're going to wrap up this conversation when we come back tonight. Remember, you can chat with us right now. We're on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This is such an engaging conversation about work and when we talk a little bit more about how we view this whole idea of work and how we ought to then work, what it takes to work well and to live our life to glorify God. So we'll continue this conversation when we come back here on HopeNet Radio.
4: Hey, this is Tara Kay from
0: HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January
4: is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word, HopeNet360.com slash end
0: slavery. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Wrapping up the conversation about work. We're going to stop talking about work so we can go and play, I guess. That's what we're doing tonight. (laughs) It's too cold to play. It's too cold out these days around here anyway. But either way, we're on the tweet back right now in our warm little comfy seats on our Twitter, and you can go and chat with us as well. Use the hashtag HNRTB. We'd love to hear from you yet on the show. What do you guys think about work? What do you do? Maybe you could share that with us, your name, what you do. I mean, that's kind of cliche, but we'll go with that. Uh, what kinds of work you would like to do? So for you who have dreams and goals and visions, and maybe you're in a job where right now you're just maybe building a resume or you're looking at work a little bit differently, what would you rather be doing if you could do anything? If you had all the time in the world, the money, the resources. To do it, if you had the education, what would you be doing? So, connect with us on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. So, guys, I'd like to know as we're wrapping the conversation up tonight, I mean, there's, we've talked about so many different things. How we view work is important. You know, do we see it as a means to an end or do we see it as an end in itself? You know, just to make money, to uh, maybe bring satisfaction in our life. Some people actually do enjoy their work, that they will work 80, 90 hours a week and not think about anything else in their life. And if you're like me, if you're a family person, and you're a dad, working 80 hours a week is just not a great idea for family life. But yet we do that and we occupy our times working almost to our grave, basically. We we view it in in such a way that's maybe a little bit destructive.
4: We begin to think that giving things to people shows that we love them Hmm. when giving ourselves to people shows that we love them. And again, the stuff that that we get wrong sometimes isn't so blatantly wrong. It's just a a truth kind of cleverly mixed with error. So today, if you're going to work, you could say, well, I'm meant to work. I'm supposed to go to work. God tells us we're supposed to work or not eat. You're right on all those accounts. But but also you don't work for your own well-being. So you work to honor God Mm -hmm. and it could be any job in the world at that. Uh, Likewise, you you don't work and use people. That's not what we do. We work because we love people. We don't use people. We love them. Mm -hmm. We use work to help love people. We don't use God. We don't say, God, you don't let me start with the job I want. No, we don't use God. We work and we honor God no matter where we go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very important. Uh, second, that's only says, you know, we hear that some of you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ, do their work quietly, earn their own living. Mm -hmm. Think about, okay, I am going to be responsible with what God's given me. Um, somebody might uh, not be able to work a physical job all day. Okay, you, you, you could do something else. But the, the truth of the matter is that we are told that, that whatever we do, Colossians 3.23, we do with all of our heart, we're told that, that our life is not going to consist of things mm-hmm. in the end. Again, I, a, a good friend of mine just died. It wasn't things she talked about on the way out. Hmm. My mom, when she died, she wanted family there not things. She Mm -hmm. could care less about things. Right. Look at people who have the moment to reflect before they die and see what's important to them because we're all going to be there and then start living for that because that's what's important. And I guarantee you're not going to be talking about your latest four-wheeler or Mm -hmm. or the latest Packer score right before you grasp your last breath, unless you're having a heart attack and you're going to go over right there. But Mm -hmm. not if you get to think about it. So I would encourage our listeners to rethink the whole idea of work and not to separate the sacred and the secular, and and to begin to see it as a calling and God, I mean, if I'm summarizing what we talk about, God using work to shape us and our responsibility to make sure we represent Him well in how we work and when we work and et cetera.
1: Here's a a message for young people out there as you're listening to the show and trying to figure out, you know, where do you go? Like if you're in high school, I think there's a lot of pressure of like, all right, where do I go to college? What do I do in my life? And I'm going to tell you something you might not hear, you know, Be willing to take a break. You know, more and more in this country we see gap years. Um, And really that's a time where you just, in between high school and college, just take time and and be intentional about figuring out what you want to do. And let me tell you, it'd be a lot cheaper doing it then than two years into college realizing that you started down a course that, you know, isn't what you want to do, and then you have to switch majors, and and sixty grand in debt later you're you're starting over again. Just take the time because here's the reality. Regardless of what job you end up doing, you know, we talked about loving God and loving others, and that's the foundation. So be willing to take that year and love God and learn how to love others. You know, there's, there's opportunities all over the place to do that. One is right here at Nicolay Bible Institute. You know, it's a gap year program where you can come, you know, learn more about your relationship with God, grow in your walk with God, learn how to serve. And you can use that as a foundation for anything you do. You don't, you don't have to go into ministry. In fact, you know, I'd encourage you to, to take your giftings and, and take that to the workplace so that you can show other people who Jesus are. And so if you're in high school, you know, don't feel the pressure like you have to go right away to a four-year institution. You know, save some money and really figure out where God wants you to go.
2: If you want the people around you to live on mission, then you need to live on mission. And mm-hmm. so if you're looking for people in your workplace, um, many times you teach people what you know, But in all reality, you should reproduce who you are. And so look for opportunities, even if you're a teenager, even if you're an adult who's been in the same career for 40 years. People are watching. And that's the biggest thing is uh, if you really want to be Christ-like, people are going to be watching you. uh, They're going to be observing you. And so people are always watching, whether you're in a a job for a month, which I've done, or a job for four years, which I've done. People are always watching. And so uh, start with, you know, Asking God, hey, what are the opportunities around me where I can do that, where I can be that example for other people? And I can guarantee you God's going to show you opportunities. God's going to bring people that are working around you that are going to ask you questions. It might start off with simple questions uh, like sports or something or weather. But then it might go deeper into, hey, I got this need, this hurt, this pain, and I'm going to share it with you because I've built a relationship with you. And it's funny, even where I'm at, sometimes when I'm playing basketball, I've spent four years with individuals where they'll just start pouring to me some of their needs where they never would have brought that up with anybody else. Like I've been grown men where they're like, man, I had a bad weekend. I lost... Our family dog and I'm thinking, was it hard on the kids? No, it was hard on him, and he just shared that with me, and that was real to me. And I realized how much it took because he was such a person that probably wouldn't have shared that with anybody except a person builds relationships. So, whatever job you're in, build relationships with people because they're watching. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm so glad that you said that, Mike, because it is important to know that how we live influences other people. And one of the things, one of my final thoughts for tonight on the show is that we, each of us have some kind of influence on our work environment. If you're waking up and you're like, man, I can't stay in my job this morning. You know, I, I can't take another day at my job. My attitude will impact my surroundings. It will have an impact on those around me. That's so valuable. The other thing that I was thinking of is that we have to, whether you're a millennial or your older generation, if you're on your way to retirement and you're just, you know, you've got a couple of years left. A boomer. Do hard work. And Colossians 3.23 is one of my life verses that says, you know, do whatever you do is working for the Lord and not for men. And the reality of that, God rewards those who do that because we're, we're looking beyond our boss. Maybe we don't like our boss. But the reality is we still have, you know, you have those people called customers. Some of us have customers in our line of work. They want you to do a job well. You know, they don't want to see crummy work. You know, they don't want to get something in a breaks a month after they get it done. And they want you to to build something that's gonna last. So no matter where you're at in life, do hard work, do good work, live in the moment. Some of you are working a job where you know you're not gonna retire in this field. Work hard. Do a good job. Don't look at it as I'm just trying to get by so I can put this on my resume. No. Do good work. Work hard. And then with that. Have a good work ethic. You know, I like what you said, Jason, that you actually take some time to have a break. Mm -hmm. Play. Us guys, we need to play. We got to, even in our jobs, we have to find a way to make it into a game. Sometimes games are okay. You know, we don't have to be consumed with games, but we need to find ways to have fun, to enjoy what we're doing, because I think that, again, it, it builds morale and it builds, you know, relationships. That way you do fun stuff together and you remember those things. You take those with you. So whatever you're doing, Whether it's in your job now or in your future job, your career where you're headed... Remember those things. Remember to honor God with it. And I think that in itself will change your perspective. It will change your attitude on what work is really all about. And God will show you more of who he is through that. I think that's the most exciting thing. You get to learn more about God and his character. And you learn this thing called perseverance, one of my other favorite words, that you can be in the midst of just some really disappointing situation right now in your life. And God shows you that, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. You can persevere through this. It's going to be okay. And you learn more about who God is and his character characters so if you need to tonight there's a live coach standing by at HopeNet360.com we'd love for you to chat with them and connect with them we'll also be able to tweet back for another hour use the hashtag HNRTV go ahead download this podcast after the show go to Tune In Radio go on iTunes go on Stitcher Radio app it's there you can go to HopeNet360.com of course and grab all the last recent shows as well for all of us here on the show thanks for joining us we'll see you guys online next week
4: bye see ya